Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 324. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to be talking football tonight. Hey, what have I got a rant about? I always got a rant. No, I don't always have one, but I got one tonight. Tell you, there's a couple things that are pissing me off, and we're just going to deal with them right away and get it out there. So there's a poll out there on the BC Lions face, uh, Let's Talk BC Lions page, because, hey, that's one of my pages, that's one of my groups, uh, Part of our, our uh, uh, oh, what do you call it, a franchise, shall we say? Yeah, it's a franchise. Um, so the poll out there was brought out by Brant Robertson, I believe, and it, it there's some issues with it, but, you know, hey, we'll just deal with it and see what happens, okay? So he put out a poll, and it was how many wins would the BC Lions get this year? Now, we've revamped a whole pile of things with the Lions. Everybody knows I'm a Lions fan, so we're just going to talk about the we and the us thing because that's kind of how we do that. Um, so – you know, we've revamped it. We got the highest paid quarterback in the league. We got the one of the highest paid O-linemen in the league with Suk Chung. We got, uh, you know, uh, Deron Carter and Brian Burnham, two of the hottest uh, linebackers out there. We got two of the best halfbacks in the league. Uh, you know, it just goes on. I mean, the Lions have really built themselves a, a legitimate contender, uh, in my opinion. You know, there's a lot of people out there like Jared, and uh, we're not going to get into that, who, who just think BC's going to suck. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. So if Bombers fans think they're going to suck, that's fine. They got nickels, so we all know they're going to suck. Okay, but that's beside the point. So now this poll, uh, it asked how many wins the BC Lions are going to have this year. So the number one answer is 11-plus wins. That has 93 votes. Now, there's another one that has 8 to 11 wins, which is, you know, kind of I, – I kind of talked to Brant about this – Eight is actually below 500, and 11 is a respectable season. So, you know, you're putting in a vote in there saying, yeah, we could suck, but, you know, maybe we're not going to be. So I really think that, you know, it should have been like six to eight wins and then nine wins and then 10 to 12 wins. Anyhow, beside the point, he's got eight to 11 wins, and there's going to be 56 people in there. So there's at least 56. uh, We're talking about the majority of the poll here. We're talking about 150. 60 odd people have put this thing together saying the BC Lions are going to be a 500 football team or better. Okay. I'm good with that. So then four to seven wins. That means that to me, in my opinion, that sucks. If you're, if you can't make 500 football, you, you're terrible. And uh, we got nine in there, including Todd. Mogi. Todd, don't be a goof. Anyhow. So he says, that, you know, nine wins there. Then there's one guy who says that BC Lions are going to have 17 or more wins, okay? So in an 18-game schedule, so 17, I I couldn't even put my name down on this no matter what, okay? But there's another one in there that says one to three wins. That means that the BC Lions are going to absolutely tank the season. They are going to be god-awful miserable, and I don't think in the history of the BC Lions – They've ever had a season this bad. Okay. One to three wins. Now there is one person who believes that the BC 
fans are going to absolutely, completely, utterly stink up the entire fucking league. Okay? And I'm okay with that. If that's your opinion, you should do this. Now, before I go any further, I want to go into what the definition of a fan is. Okay? So a sport fan, a BC Lions fan, a CFL fan, a football fan, fan is a short word for fanatic. Okay? That means that you're out of control in support of something. Okay? You're a fanatic. It's just absolutely you're, you're it's unrealistic your expectations. Okay? Now, we have a good friend of ours, Russ Gordon, who is the number one fanatic, or so he claims, of the BC Lions. And he's got fanatic on, for his name on the back of his jersey with number one. And more power to him. He face paints. He's six foot five, 300 and some odd pounds. He's just a big boy. And he dresses the part. We love him. Absolutely love him to bits. Okay? He is a fanatic. He is a fan. Okay, that's what it means to be a fan. You believe that your team is going to do something, however real unrealistic it is. Okay, we've always picked on Rod Peterson for picking the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to be number one in the league every year. So no matter what, they're going to win everything. Okay, it's it's unrealistic expectations, but as a fan, that's what you want to see. Okay, so this guy who picked 17 wins for the BC Lions. I'm not going to knock him because he's a fan. He believes that his team is going to over-excel. And we all believe that our team is going to over-excel. We've got Mark online here, and he believes the Bombers are going to take it all. They're finally going to win a Grey Cup after 28-plus years. Okay, And whether they do or not is irrelevant. Mark has to believe that at the beginning of the season because he is a fan. Every year, Will says that the Calgary Stampeders are going to go going to go 18 wins in the regular season. They're going to win the, the playoff game, and they're going to win the Grey Cup game because they're going to be in first place because they just won 18 straight games, so they're not going to have to have two playoff games. They're going to have one playoff game and a Grey Cup game. Okay? Fact doesn't matter. Will believes that they're going to go 20-0 and 0 every season. He even said they're going to do it this year, even though their team has been totally decimated. Um. But that's what it means to be a fan. So now, go, let's go back to this poll, okay? What BC Lions fan would honestly pick the team to win one to three wins? Remember, fan is somebody who believes that unrealistic expectations, usually in the positive side of things. No, this person believes that they are going to absolutely be garbage. They're going to be worse than the Montreal Alouettes. Okay? That's their goal. That's what they believe. And why am I picking on this person? Because she's the president of the BC Lions fan club. Give me a fucking break. How can you call yourself a fan if you believe your team is going to win one game? I, I'm completely beside myself in this one. I, I, everybody loves this person, and so be it, whatever. But one to three wins? Give your head a shake. I, I, I absolutely can't believe this. To be in that position, to be a fan for as long as she has, to turn around and have absolutely no faith in your team this year, even though you signed some of the best players in the CFL. 
you have to believe they're going to be at least a 500 football team, don't you? At least where you were last year, you haven't lost that many players. You gained way more than you lost. Did everybody else in the league get so much better that you're not going to make 500? I don't know. I, I cannot believe this. This just absolutely blows my mind. I put up a post this morning about this, or yesterday morning, and um, I caught some flack from Charles, and understandably so. But anyhow, we took it down because it wasn't nice. And uh, But I still said I'm going to rant about it. And I'm not naming anybody's names, but everybody who is associated with the BC Lions knows exactly who the hell I'm talking about. And uh, it just it pisses me off. It pisses me off. I don't know what else to say. So let's just go off on, because that's usually what my rants are, is things that piss me off. Because I think, well, why would I rant about something good? Because I never do. Okay, so the other thing that's bothering me right now is the people who are absolutely trashing Duron Carter. And what pisses me off about this is that I have to defend the ditch pig. Okay? I don't particularly like him. I don't like his mouth. I don't like his actions. I don't like what, the disrespect that he brings to our league. Okay? I really like that. Okay? But you have to admit one thing, people. He is an extremely talented receiver. Okay? Now, because he's a catcher in the locker room. Well, that's not true. What the media has been harping at is a little video clip that was taken years ago, five years ago, at the Montreal Alouette sideline, when Rakeem Cato and Deron Carter looked like they were fighting on the sidelines. And that's not what happened. Okay? Rakeem Cato was fighting with Deron Carter's cousin. I believe his name's Kenny Shaw or Kenny Stafford. Kenny Stafford, I think it was. So he's fighting with Kenny Stafford, and Deron Carter jumps in the middle of it just as all the cameras get turned on him. So all you see is Rakeem Cato having a fit on Deron Carter, and everybody says that Deron Carter's this big loser and cancer in the locker room, destroying everything else, okay? It's simply not the truth. We just didn't see the whole picture, and then the media blows it out of proportions. Now, we had Nick Lewis, and everybody loves Nick Lewis, and Nick was on our podcast here and talking to us, and he says that Deron Carter, everything about Deron Carter is wrong. Deron Carter is awesome in the dressing room. Deron Carter is one of the best teammates that he ever had. Okay? Now, who are you going to believe? A bunch of media personalities who really aren't part of the team? Or are you going to believe a respected member of the alumni of the CFL? I'm, I'm going to trust Nick every single day on this one, okay, just because. And, uh, you know, he's he's actually now a coach on the BC Lions, which is really kind of bizarre. I really thought he would have gone to Calgary. But he's he's with BC because his relationship with Von Claybrooks, which is good, awesome. Now, Nick Lewis believes that Deron Carter is one of the best teammates he ever had. So if Deron is in the locker room, there's no way in hell that Nick's going to let him get away with any shit. Okay? That's my opinion there on that one, okay? So, now, Mark, who's on the, our panel here, will tell you, and so will a lot of other people, will tell you that 
Deron Carter left alone to his antics on or off the field is gets himself into a groove and he is an absolutely amazing receiver. But as soon as you start trying to wrap a leash around him, reel him in, take away his Twitter, do whatever, make him play defense, like seriously, you got to let the boy be who he is. Yeah, he's a spoiled brat and an arrogant ass and disrespecting the league and everything else. But if he can play football and he plays football to his abilities, are you prepared to put up with a little bit of shit? I don't know if I am. But if he take, makes my team better, I could tolerate him. So I'm not being a hypocrite here because I've never said good things about John Carter. And I hate the fact that I actually have to defend him against a bunch of people right now who keep saying he's a cancer in the locker room. But the evidence does not support your claim. Okay? The facts of the matter are Duran's a great teammate. He's a great player in the aspect that he plays with the fans. The CFL is known for the fact that the fans have access to the players. Deron takes it to the nth degree and takes a bunch of fans bowling in Saskatchewan. Well, really, there's nothing else to do in Saskatchewan but go bowling in the offseason. But, hey, I didn't say that. Maybe I did. Okay? And they took them all to a movie. Well, good on him for interacting with the fans far more than anybody else ever has. So if he's going to take it to the nth degree and bring up some excitement in Vancouver in regards to football, if all he does is make the media in this city pay attention to the BC Lions, he's accomplished something that no one else has been able to in decades. In decades. We can't even get anything in the newsprint in the BC papers. Okay, so if he can actually bring some visibility to this team in this marketplace, he's worth his weight in gold, in my opinion. Okay, whether it's pro, con, whatever, good, bad, or ugly, I don't care. Put some attention onto this. Who was it? Um, Herb Zucker? Uh, no, Herb. What's Herb's last name? I don't remember. Anyhow, you know who I'm talking about. The uh, reporter in Montreal. He says that the league should never sell the Montreal Alouettes. We're going to get into this later on. But he should never sell the Montreal Alouettes because the Montreal Alouettes have never gotten as much press as they are right now. There are more stories written about the Montreal Alouettes right now because of the turmoil in ownership than what there has been in the 12 years that he's been a reporter. And during that 12 years as a reporter, Montreal had a dynasty in Grey Cups with Mark Tressman and Anthony, Anthony Calvillo. So, wow. Wow. So press is a good thing. It sells tickets. It makes awareness. And I'm happy for that. Okay, so now um, I've rambled enough, probably way too long. And I'm going to open up the board, and I, we're going to introduce the people. And we have a first-time panelist here. And uh, we're going to try real hard not to scare them too much. 
Okay. Uh, welcome to the show, Charles Cliff. How you doing, buddy? Hello. You're not the new guy. I'm doing very good. No, I'm not the new guy. No, I've been here before. He's been here before. He was here when we started. He's probably the only one. He is the only one on the panel besides myself that started this whole shigang five years ago, That's four correct. years ago, or whatever it was. Three, yeah. yeah, four years I ago, know. I think. Yep, 324 episodes ago. And I'm excited because I get to go to a football game in, well, I'll be there in less than 48 hours, so... I I I envy that. I it's the downside to moving away and retiring. Okay, I'm not close mm-hmm. enough to go to football games, and I would never go to a preseason game if I was this far away. I would never spend the time. Never, never mind. Okay, so nope. you what do you think of my rant? Are you okay with that? Did I get uh, did I'm I go okay over the top? No, uh, no, I'm I'm I don't think so. I'm just gonna say that I think um, I'm hoping on the first part of your rant rant that it was just a mistake and the person clicked the wrong buttons which is possible but and doesn't it know hasn't how to been fix changed it. since no I, that's true so uh, I don't know maybe it's uh, maybe it is that's what I'm hoping but I don't know I really couldn't tell you that because I don't know what this person is thinking I, nor do um, I on the second but you'd part, think that they would yeah. ask for help possibly yep and on the okay. second part of your rant, I mean, Deron Carter, since he's been here, I mean, sure, we're still in the training camp. I get that. But he's been – he hasn't misbehaved once. I mean, sure, it's only been a couple of weeks. But, hey, I mean, I mean, uh, before people start condemning him and criticizing him, I mean, let him do something first before you do that because right now he's been fine. So whether or not that stays that way, we're going to have to wait and see. It's a long season, so – We'll just have to go with how Duran goes. I'll yeah. tell you well, this. If we get into the season and he's uh, playing uh, better and he's getting a lot of touches and stuff like that, he'll probably – well, he might not keep his mouth shut because, as you said before, he plays his best when he's popping off. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. It, if you're – you know, it's not called bragging when you're the best. That's true. Okay? Yep. I've always gone by that motto. Yep. If you're better than everybody else – how can you not say that, right? Now, yeah. I'm not saying that he's the best receiver in the league. By far, I'm not. But he did make a statement that says Mike Riley could very well put him in the Hall of Fame. To me, mm-hmm. that means that Deron Carter has taken this season serious. You know, a lot of people yeah, shot him down over that comment. Like but to me, I think he's taken this serious, and he wants to play football. Yep. Yeah, you know, I could be totally off base and out to lunch on this one, but that's kind of my take on this, and I, I'm going to hope for the best. Okay, let's uh, yep. bring Mark Wetall into the show here. Not to be confused with the Wetnalls, who used to own the Montreal Alouettes. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. Definitely not to be confused with the Wetnalls. I wish I had their money. I would You're like not a to billionaire? That way. No, yeah. I'm not a billionaire. Uh, maybe you get in the will. <laughs> yes, I could wish. Speaking of will, yeah. he's on on hold. Go ahead, sorry. With Carter, with Carter, he has been good so far. He's too yeah. busy wrapped yep. up in his rap career now. He is now a singer. He's a rapper now. He's got his album out. Yeah, That's keeping him. It's keeping him busy. It's keeping him you occupied. He's, yeah. He's still on Twitter, but that's all he talks about now is his rap album. 
on Twitter, yeah. so he is occupied. If that's what he's talking about, I'm fine with that. You know, yeah. everybody talks about his last year, his last year when he was in Toronto with Trestman, and, and he was a cancer there. No, I, I'm kind of thinking Trestman was the asshole here, and I said that last year. Trestman mm. wouldn't play him. Trestman didn't want him. He was forced no. on him. Yeah. So it's anything, a, a anything that be, uh, Carter beaked off about with that was justifiable, in my opinion. Yeah, he was bored. He wasn't yeah. playing. He wasn't getting any balls thrown to him when he was playing. And, you know, like you said, he's an asshole. We all, I will say that too. He's just, he's a prick. But he's also the ultimate attention guy. Well, I don't think he's a prick, and I don't really know if he's an asshole. He's a showboat. He's an arrogant prick, arrogant thing. But I don't know if I would really call him a prick or anything bad like that because it, 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 the shoe doesn't fit. Oh, you know, he's great with the fans. And the other thing you don't hear, the other thing you don't hear is other players beaking off about him. No? You rarely hear it. True. True. Rarely. I don't know if we have heard it. I think, well, there might have been something with the Rick Campbell thing. But that was as much Rick Rick Campbell as it was anybody else anyway. But, um... Well, no, you blocked. don't hear the players. You don't hear the players yipping and yapping at them. No. So. And they would. Yeah. So CFL, it's a pretty small league, you'd know. Yeah. So good point, Go Mark. Okay, yeah. well, let's uh, open up the, the wheel, Mike. And uh, welcome to the show, Mr. McDonald. McDonald. Get it McDonald. Mick is the big restaurant yep. chain. No, Mick is the um, Irishman's, Max is the Scotsman. I, I'm standing here shaking my head, wondering if I actually heard you right. Did About you what? actually say you posted something and then you took it down because Charles made you? Charles took it down. Oh, Charles took it down because, mm-hmm. you know, I... I didn't, I didn't make your a, hero status. Your hero status for me just went down a couple of notches, man. If no, no, Charles took it. Somebody Charles, take Charles something took down. down. And if you did call this person out, I have no problem with that. Just saying. Um, you know what? If you say st- something stupid, I'm going to call you out too. Same with Charles. Oh, hell same yeah. with Mark. Same with anybody. Okay. So, but hey. Whatever he was probably trying to save you some grief down the road, which is oh, he which is a good. Was. You should consider you should consider uh, Charles a good friend because of that. He is a good I didn't friend. Necessarily, okay. I didn't necessarily take it down because I disagreed with it. Oh, okay. You just didn't yeah. think it, it was right. It, it, okay. it, no, I, it was just going to cause shit and abuse what, for the next four fourteen days. I knew what was okay. coming. Well, that's why I said, you know what, this might be a good idea. And I don't, okay. I don't disagree so with Charles. I don't disagree with him. Okay. okay. It was about to cause a shit storm. In fact, it already had started. Okay. But, but, you just but, wanted something to occupy your time for two weeks, right? Well, yeah, I had caused any grief and dismay or hardship or shit and abuse to, in so long. I figured it was about to start it. And, I started with not like a, a tornado; it was a fucking hurricane. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so Charles, was it worse than what he said about the Saskatchewan people way back when? 
Well, no, first of all, remember I, when he got I, kicked I, off that another... was blown out of proportion. I don't think it was worse, but oh. no, I mean, I just, I just know how some people are, and well, and I'm like, you know what? Okay. This is just going to be a headache. Okay. Well, whenever we you need said a that there was already a couple, couple of comments on it that weren't. There was already a couple of comments, and I'm like, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> supportive of me. No. Anyways. Not that let's, I let's talk shit. about Deron. Let's talk about Deron Carter for a minute. Okay, 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 okay. We can do that. I I have I have no issues with somebody yapping. Okay, perfect example is Nick Lewis. Nick Lewis was a yapper. Okay, yeah, on the field mostly, but he also was a guy who walked the walk and talked the talk. He had what eleven. He- 10,000-yard seasons? Yep. Okay? guy like that can talk. No problem. If Deron Carter comes out this year and has 15, 2,000 yards, I don't care. He can say whatever he wants to. Okay? But, but walk the walk first before you start talking is all I'm going to say. Okay? And I am, I am one of those guys who I'm willing to give him a chance this year. He's in a new yeah. environment, new coaching, new everything. Okay, let's see what he can do and see if he lives up to the billing we've always given him, saying he's a great athlete and he's got lots of skills. But the mouth has taken away from it. I'm sorry, it has. It's that simple. Okay, and, well, and you may say he plays better when he plays better when his mouth talks, but. You know, let's let's see. Okay, did did Nick Lewis walk the walk before he talked the talk? No, he came into the league yapping, and he over time he matured and mm-hmm. calmed down after he put up a, a yeah, bunch but, of thousand yeah, yard but, seasons. Yeah, okay? but so he was he yapping early. Season. He had a thousand yard season the first year he was here. Yeah, well, he played more. He got a lot more touches than Duran did. And Durant did pretty damn amazing in his first year, if you remember correctly. And once, once, once again, you're going back to the fact that Durant's never played on a good team. Okay, so that's not Nick's fault. That's Durant's fault. Okay, well, he's well, never played with yeah. a good quarterback. Yeah. Okay, he's never played with a good quarterback. So I'm, I'm more than willing to wait and see. Okay. I mean, so he's, he's been, the he's CFL, been in the, the CFL since 2013. Okay. 2013 to 2018, he's got 4,000 yards in five seasons. He's got okay. That's not bad. And considering he was okay. on Montreal Alouettes without a quarterback, and he was on Saskatchewan and without a quarterback, and then he was on Toronto and never got to play, and he still put up 4,000 yards. And the fact that you just mentioned that tells you tells you the whole story. People are more did, occupied with the shit that comes out of his pie hole than the stuff he actually does on the field. Okay, so hang on. I'm, I'm looking at his career stats. 2013, he had 909 yards. Okay? Only right? played 11 games. Only played 11 uh-huh. games. Okay? What would he have got if he played 18? 2014, he played 15 games. 
He was 1,030 yards. He got a 1,000-yard season. Okay. 2016 with uh-huh. Montreal. He played 14 games, 938. Okay? 2017 with Saskatchewan. He played all 18 games, got 1,043. So he's got 2,000-yard seasons. And I would give him two more just for the fact that he didn't play the whole season. You extrapolate okay, those out. He made, he made it. Then he went down to the Saskatchewan in 2018, is... and he got 111 yards. He played seven games. It's because he played seven right. games on defense. Well, that's that's, and I heard a story today that the reason he did that is is uh, Chris Jones is fascinated with freak athletes. Okay, that's the kind of players he picks, and I guess. I guess he probably saw it in Duran that thinking he could play anything. So maybe that's why he did it. Yeah. Anyhow, I think his I ne- stats I ne- I have never showed that he's an amazing I, but I never, receiver. And how many great cups does he have? None. None. Why not? He played for the Montreal Alouettes. Okay. Great receiver on a shitty team. Yeah. Was he the only guy they could throw the ball to because everybody else was shitty? Is oh, that why he did well? R.J. Green was there. Okay, so if Mike Riley spreads the ball around this year, yeah. like we know he probably will because they have they – have, And does. They have Deron Carter. They have Burnham. Um, you can name the other ones. I'm not familiar with them. Let, let, okay. Let's go with Lamar Durant. Let's go with Shaq Johnson. Right. Is he going to be – Lamar Durant's not going to do shit, but is he uh, going to – That's your opinion. Yeah, I know. He'll get injured after two games, trust me. Anyways, is he going to be happy with them spreading the ball around? He's going to be happy if his team is winning. Well, we'll see. Like I, I said. I, my opinion is if his team's actually winning and, and, and he's contributing, he's going to be happy. I still say Mike Riley's going to throw for over 5,000 well, yards. But, we but could let, very well have four receivers over 1,000 uh, yards. But let's, but let's see, okay? You can only know. look at the past, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm a wait-and-see kind of guy, and I'm willing to wait and see. Okay, so if we so, look at the past – Deron Carter's got 4,000-yard, yeah. four 1,000-yard seasons. Mike Riley has Correct. got 5,000 yards I don't know how many times. So, right. yeah, it lo- if we're looking at the past moving forward, it's going to be freaking amazing. But let's well, wait we'll and see. see. Okay. you got to talk let's about look. chemistry, if they have chemistry, and so on and so forth. But bring a... Uh, Bring the new guy in. <laughs> Let's bring the new guy in, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I've opened up this mic. I'm sorry. We've had you on hold for like 30 minutes. Sorry, Phil. This is Phil Miller, uh, Calgary Stampeder fan. Uh, well, he's at least in the Calgary area code or Alberta area code. Uh, welcome to the show, Phil. How you doing? Hey, real good, Christopher. Uh, I'll just correct you right off the bat there. Uh, like uh, 40% of the people who live in Calgary, I'm from Saskatchewan. My condolences. So you're a Ryder <laughs> fan then? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Okay. I thought okay. you might have okay. recognized well, that from some of my posts. Yep. Hey, but I want to thank you, Christopher and, and Will and Mark and Charles, all, all of you. Have, I've been enjoying your podcast for actually almost two years now and uh, really thrilled that uh, you guys gave me an opportunity to uh, to share. Yeah, we'll see how you work. We might fire you. We never know. We'll see what happens. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, we fired I the last rider, be Pat, just because he was dumb. Never mind, I won't say that. Okay. <laughs> So, so what do you I think? I just want to comment on your, on your opening comments, Christopher, if, if I may. Yeah, go I'm, ahead. That's I'm really sorry to hear about. I'm really sorry to hear about your BC Lions fan club lady being such an ass. That's uh, that's remarkable. Um, I hope you guys can get that straightened out out there. Um, well, we'll we'll, we'll and, see what uh, happens. I, 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 don't, I don't know. You know what? All, I, I could be barking up the wrong tree on that one. I, I didn't even see. Uh, I didn't happen to see that that poll even. But um, I guess if I were to vote in that poll, I, I'd be in the 7 to 11 ca- category you know, with an emphasis maybe more to the, the seven, 7 to 9 wins. Uh, not, not because I don't believe in Mike Riley. I just, I just think uh, kind of putting together a new team there is kind of like starting out again. It's, it's not like you're building, but you're doing a great job of it when, you, when you're building around somebody like Mike Riley. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here then. Okay, so you think that the BC Lions are going to be in the 7-8 to eight range in, in wins, okay? Because they're rebuilding a team. Yeah. Is Edmonton yeah. rebuilding a team? Pardon me? Is Edmonton rebuilding their team? Absolutely, absolutely. And I put them in the same, same place. Okay, are you putting Saskatchewan in the same place? Because they're kind of rebuilding. Um, you know, i got to... I gotta, Tell you honestly, it, I, I'm not. I'm, it, I, I don't think they're going to win 13 games, and I think they're going to be they're going to be hard cut out to, to even win 12 and replicate last year. But uh, I got them at 11. Okay. Hey, how about Ottawa? Oh, that's that's the that's the toughest one to figure out. You know, uh, okay. on paper they got nothing. Okay, so but they're rebuilding, right? As you say, there's nothing on paper. They have nothing there. How about Montreal? Montreal has, on paper, they got talent like crazy, but, you know, we always keep hearing they got nobody in the front office and and their coaching staff is questionable. But, geez, on paper, they sure look solid. How about Toronto? That's another another tough one like uh, like Ottawa. I, I think it it's going to come down to James Franklin. It's going to come down to, to quarterback there. Um, and uh, so I, that's, that's a harder one for me to figure out. Okay, so my point being here is that you've just named off five teams, five or six teams out of nine who are in a rebuilding year. And you don't think that BC can get to 500 with Mike Riley, Sue Chung, seven Ryan nine. Burnham, Saron I, I I have no idea where you're coming from on that one. None. How can they get seven wins out of that? They could get seven wins just in, in the Eastern Division. Yep. Who's playing left tackle for the BC Lions this year? Uh, Joe Figueroa. Am I right there? Joe Figueroa. No, he's, he's retired. Figueroa? He retired. He retired. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You're, ta- you're talking about Jovan Oyefoyele. Olafoye, Figueroa Olafoye. hasn't retired. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was Figueroa. No. No, it's the Olaf. 
Jovan Olafoya you're thinking of. He's the one that retired. Oh, well, I apologize for that. Because, you know, yeah. the most important position on offense is the left tackle, in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. And Agreed. Maybe not, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you another win for that. Maybe uh, 7 to 10. <laughs> You're you're funny. Okay. Can I, can hey, I just want to Deron Carter? Can I, add, I got lots of good things to say about Deron Carter. Okay. Uh, Christopher, can just, I add one just, thing? Just a sec. I'm going to let quick. Will come in here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I just I, I forgot to mention this to you, okay? I believe uh, BC is going to get 16 wins this year. Okay. And they'll be right behind Calgary with 18. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love you, Will. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, so back back to I you there, Phil, on, on your Duran Carter concept. You got you got put well, your input first in there. Of all, I think there's there's no denying his talent, gentlemen. Uh, and he's he's probably the most physically gifted receiver in the, in the Canadian Football League. And and it's a fact. I mean, he sh- if he had his if he had his head on straight, he would be in the NFL. Um, it's just no denying that. And the other thing you mentioned that he's marketing gold, and absolutely. And I think that's the best thing for the BC market. And, and I, it's too bad Toronto didn't utilize him last year because he would have been good for the Toronto market too, for the Argos. Um, you guys, I think that's just going to be great for your franchise in the long run. Um, especially because, you know, I think he's starting to mature now. And uh, and you might, you're going to get the best seasons out of Duran Carter that any franchise has ever gotten. You know, you're getting him at the right time in his career. It's great that he's there with Nick Lewis. Nick, Nick, I think, is going to be a great matter for him. Uh, and I, I know he respects quarterback Mike Riley, um, which is which is really, really important. And I, I like what Duran said, you know, that, it's, that he's going to put him into the Hall of Fame. And I, and I really believe that. I think this is, uh, this is going to be a turning point for Duran Carter's career, uh, or, or has potential to be. Has potential. potential. Drunk also potential has potential explode. to Yeah. But he also has potential to be a virus if things don't go well for him. Um, but a lot, of, a lot has been left out of the story in Saskatchewan 2017 and 2018. And, and some of this I've only heard of recently because the Riders organization holds their cards so close. You know, Surely they got they got the biggest fan base in the league and and the most media coverage, but there are a lot of stories that take a long time to come out. And I'll give you an example. Uh, in in uh, October 2017, the Rough Riders it came out recently and this actually drawn on a uh, on a podcast admitted this that uh, that Chris Jones caught him. This is two seasons ago, and. Uh, they gave him a plane ticket, and the next morning, he got a call from the Riders to come back and play defense because the Riders were down a defensive back. Probably the biggest mistake Chris Jones did with Carter was allowing the defensive coordinator to bring him back. And it was Shivers, our present defense coordinator. He said, actually, Jones or D.C. then. But it was Shivers who insisted, I need him as a D.B., and we did have some injuries, and uh, he came back, and that's the game he played against Calgary and took that pick six against Levi Mitchell back. 
Nobody heard about that until about three or four weeks ago when Duran was on a podcast that I won't mention because it's a competitive podcast, and uh, they did something called a Duran Carter Special. Even that didn't carry a whole lot of news in Saskatchewan because the biggest media outlet there uh, is associated with the, with the riders, so that's not something they carry. And, oh, and same with Rod Patterson when he was uh, in that same position. Uh, he clearly knew that at the time, um, but, uh, but never, never covered it. And uh, so when Duran came back to camp in, uh, in 2018, he came back as a defensive back. There was no question. Uh, the offensive coordinator did not want him on the, on the offense. He was there to provide maybe depth at receiver for down the road, and, but he, was, he came back as a defensive player. And that's something as fans we were, we were unaware of in Saskatchewan, which is remarkable con- considering the, the media coverage the Rough Riders get. Okay. And uh, Ed, that just about covers it for the wrong card. That's a, something that we, I had not heard of. And uh, oh, yeah, so, yeah, I'll send that, you a I don't listen to other podcasts. I don't have any time for that. I don't even listen to my own. I'm a busy boy, but Will listens to a lot of them. He did you hear that one, Will, or do you not did not pay attention? William's sleeping. He's got his mic off again. It's okay. Was that the Piffles podcast? Uh, no, that. Uh, Hello. No, it was, a, it was an Asheville one from what? down east. I can't remember if the CFL.ca guys or the uh, or the TSN guys. I forget which one it was. So you mean like the Waggle? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't. It wasn't the Waggle for sure. Donovan okay. and. Oh, uh, the Waggle. The Waggle, yeah. They did a special. They did a special one. It wasn't uh, they did it the night after the regular one, but it's still up on their up on their uh, podcast list, and it's called the Duran Carter Special. Oh, I'll have to ah. listen to it. Hmm. And, okay. you know, uh, Rod Patterson might have touched on it today because he did a special one after his two-hour morning show today as well that I was just about to watch before Christopher sent me the message uh, to, to get on the podcast. And I haven't cha- had a chance to see it, but uh, he did an interview uh, with the Rod Patterson show, a, a post-show interview today. And I, I've got it queued up, but I haven't watched it yet. <clears throat> hmm. Okay. Well... Uh, you know, you, you you didn't have to come on the show. You could have gone and listened to another podcast if you wanted to. You know, that really. <laughs> Never oh, mind. Okay, this is one of my favorite ones. Let, let let's talk some football now. You guys want to get into this? We got Charles made this excellent agenda, and we've only got an hour to play with it now. So we'll, That's we'll okay. rip through it. Well, hey, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna rip through it real fast, anyhow. Um, we're halfway through the preseason. What stood out for you so far, Charles? Talk to me. Well, to be honest, what stood out for me so far is that uh, the home teams in most games are playing their starters and the road teams are playing their scrubs. I mean, we but that really happens every year. Competitive... Oh, sure it does, but uh, I think it's getting more and more um, uh, each year. I mean, I remember days when there would be starters that would go to road games and those things almost seem to be gone now because if you look at these teams, um, you're seeing the home teams with names uh, that you know, and the road teams you don't know any of them. I mean, they're getting blown out. There was only one. There's only been one really competitive game in the preseason so far, and that was the uh, 
Hamilton and um, Ottawa game, which is the one I missed. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, nothing has really stood out to me in terms of players. Um, but it's been, um, you know, it's been about normal. The home team typically feels the um, more um, the more um, veteran roster, and I believe they've won every game. Actually, no. I guess Hamilton won in Ottawa, didn't they? They did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a little surprising because they're the only road team to actually win. So, um, But they brought some, obviously a, a lot of veterans whole... with them. Yes, they did. And so if you go to the box scores, um, the I mean, they, they were... even had Mazzoli playing. Yes, they did. That's true. That, they're about the only road team that did because uh, I watched uh, some of these other games and uh, the road team, I barely knew any of the players. Um yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting, and then, of course, one of the developments we're going to talk about a little later, so I won't go into it now, is the whole quarterbacking situation in um, um, Ottawa, Ottawa, which I think is completely a knee-jerk reaction, but we'll go, uh, we'll, um, go with that uh, when we get to it. Well, it's going to be up next. Okay, yes, exactly. so now that you've had a chance to think about it, Phil, what stood out for you so far in the preseason? Well, I'm going to be honest, uh, Christopher, I don't watch a lot of the other teams' preseason games. So I did go to the uh, the Ryder one here in Calgary and, uh, of course, watched it again on TV when I got home. Um, nothing much stands out. Uh, man, it's just a, it's a bunch of players that are going to be cut. Uh, I'll just talk about, about the Riders a little bit. I, I was pleased at how their first three quarterbacks uh, moved the ball. Uh, uh, you know, we, and I had to, have, have to say that because when you only see one point in the board, uh, it makes you wonder, and is there any offense there at all? And and uh, I was pleased with the way they moved the ball. Okay. Hey, Ed, this is something I forgot to ask you before I invited you onto the podcast, and I, I really dropped the ball on this one, so we're going to do it now and, and see if I get my stuff and shit. Um, are you a fan of the league? Do you pay attention to all the teams? Because you just said you only pay attention to the riders in preseason. I'm hoping that that's just preseason because you're going to be on the podcast. You're going to have to argue for for and against Hamilton. You're going to have to know these teams in the side and out. So you're going to have to do do more research or something like that. Are you good with this? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't I don't miss a game in the regular season. I, I just, okay. In the preseason, uh, I I, well, that, that, I don't see the value to... in watching some of the other teams. Well, we had a guy on the panel a, a, a year or so ago and uh, uh, as a Ryder fan, and he did not know that there were other teams in the league. Okay? A lot of people like that, yeah. Yeah, he, he, just, the, the other teams are strictly there so that the Riders can have somebody to play against. Otherwise, they, they really don't exist. Totally, I, I have some weaknesses because I thought, uh, I thought your left tackle retired. Yeah, well, that's okay. And our left tackle did retire, except for the fact that we actually didn't offer him a contract. He kind of was released in free agency. We never offered him a contract, and nobody in the league offered him a contract, so he chose to retire. So we had already moved on from that left tackle position. Okay? We also moved on from the center position as well. 
Cody Husband was also not renewed on the team, and nobody else picked him up, so he retired. So although great that they retired, they would have played football if they were asked to. And I guess that's the point I was getting to with the BC Lions is you're kind of rebuilding an offensive line, and and that's going to take some time. And just going back to the riders from last year, you know, it, it took eight, nine, 10, 12 games before that offensive line started to look pretty decent last year. Yeah. Well, first Mike Riley proved he doesn't need an offensive line because he was he didn't have one in Edmonton. Okay. Now we also have um, for Cat for Cat for Cat. What's his name, Charles? Uh, just uh, for Colt for Colt for, for Colt. Colt. And we also just signed uh, Boyko, Brett Boyko, who's been down in the NFL for the last four years. Yes, there's people arguing that he didn't play football last year, and he did sign with the AAF, which just lost a lot of brownie points with most of us. But he did hang around in the NFL for four seasons. You can't do that without actually being good. Adam Big Hill didn't hang out down there for four seasons. Okay? I'm just... Just putting that out there, okay? So I'm not picking on Adam at all, any stretch of the rings. I know why he came back, and I respect the man immensely. He's a phenomenal talent. But let's just say, this did stick around in the NFL for four seasons, so uh, mm. which has to mean something. So he's now signed back with the BC Lions, who originally drafted him in 2015, 2014. And um, that's got to be, you know, that that's the O-line coming together with some of the biggest pieces in the league. So we'll leave that, that one up. That's huge, Christopher. You can get a starting Canadian right tackle. Um, that makes you one of three teams in the league now um, with a starting Canadian right tackle. And that, that always leads to success. I'm just saying that he still hasn't played in the CFL. He hasn't played the yard on, off the ball game. But uh, I actually had that in my notes to mention that, that, that Boyko was, it gives the, the Lions some potential. And, and I think just as the season goes on, they're going to be better and better. But I, I just don't see them coming out blazing. Mike Riley doesn't need a line. He's proved it. That's a good point. Okay. So all they have to do is be respectable, and, and they're going to be good. As they come together more and more, it's going to get better and better. I, you know, I'm a BC Lions fan, so I have to believe this. But I also actually I take that belief, and I'm grounding it, because I, I know what the Lions are capable of doing. I know what they did last year, and I know the positions where they got better. And they didn't really get worse at any position. I'm a little questioning the defensive line, but we'll see how that one plays defensive out. Defensive line is a one question mark. Yeah, it's a question without without doubt. And and did you notice today that they signed Anthony Johnson back? Yes, and I was very happy to see that. Yeah, another shutdown corner. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and a Canadian to boot. Mark, jump in. What what stood out for you this week? So far in preseason, I've watched obviously the bomber game, and what stood out in that? You didn't watch was, it; you were at it. Yeah, well, there wasn't a lot to watch because we played virtually no starters at our home game. It was a constant parade of who the hell is that? Who the who who um uh oh uh, oh all the Winnipeg Rifles got to play our junior team, it wasn't the most exciting. Um, so really, 
and watching the other games that I did, nothing stands out for me in preseason, really. You don't know what these guys are going to look like. Yeah, the training camp fodder looked really good, some of the Bomber players. They're going to be cut in a week. Yeah. I know. I, I understand. Yeah. Okay. William. Jump up, jump in. I'm here. Um, what outside do I take for preseason? I take, I take the same thing. I haven't left outside, Christopher. It's okay. nice in Calgary. I love my backyard, okay? Um, what have I taken from preseason? Charles Wright is right. They don't bring any players to away games. And the only reason they brought them to Ottawa because it's a bus ride, not a plane ride. Um, um, that's a good you know point. What? Watching the Calgary, watching the Calgary Saskatchewan game, there was some people online this week that said Calgary played all their starters. Yep, they did. On offense, they played them for two series. Okay, they scored three points, and uh, they didn't play their starting defense because guess what? There isn't one. They don't know who their starting def- they don't know who their starting defense is. They all left. Okay? They all left. They all fucked so, them up. They all left, like 10 of them, 11 of them. It's a ridiculous number, okay? They're gone. So, um, what's-his-name looked fairly good, Uh, Greenwood. um, He's been hanging around Calgary for about a year now. I I really do think he's the guy who's going to take Alex Singleton's place until Alex gets cut from the NFL and comes back to Calgary. Yeah. Oh, did I say that? Whoops, sorry, all you Calgary fans. Um, yeah, I, it was a preseason game. I, I went for one reason, um, as I mentioned before. My, you uh, had tickets. My buddy's, uh, no, no, my buddy's son got to play in the game. His name's Colton Hunchak. Okay, he was the last pick in the CFL draft this year. He had a catch. Very, very last. Broke, broke. Broke two tackles and went for 27 yards and then tripped over the turf monster. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it was not bad. And then and then they did throw the ball to him again, hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. So, we shall see. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for him is all I'm going to say. But that was kind of exciting because I sat with his dad at the game and his dad was really nervous. And, and so, and actually he played uh, at York University so his head coach came from York University, and he sat with us as well. And it was a pretty cool night in general. But, you know, once again, Dave Dickinson says exhibition games aren't there to lose, and they're not there to, you know, win. You know they're there to try players. But he still expects them to win, okay, because it's a culture in Calgary. And uh, they did, and, you know, Saskatchewan, I think uh, – What's his name? What's his first name? Fajardo. I yeah, I thought Cody. he looked pretty yeah. good. I thought yeah, I thought he looked pretty good, and I think he might uh, be their second string for sure this year. So oh, he might end up being his be first, first string, string real quick. Once that gets never know that. So <laughs> yeah. um, but no, so there were some bright points for Saskatchewan and. And I'm sorry, Phil, I don't look for bright points for, from Saskatchewan because I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast, you know I hate Saskatchewan. Always will, and it'll never change, no matter how good they are or not. 
Um, but that's just my ignorance. So, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, he hates Edmonton you know, too. Their quarterback situation didn't 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 look that badly, to be honest with you. So, okay, there you go. Okay, so my big pick on what's going on in preseason is the schedule. The schedule absolutely sucks. BC like plays a week before everybody else, and then they play the last game. Okay, I'm not just going to pick on BC. What the fuck's going on Thursday night at 4.30? We got the Toronto at Hamilton and Ottawa at Montreal at the same time. Granted, maybe only one of them's on TV, or maybe none of them's on TV, but we can't even listen to them on the radio because there's two different games going on. Did they do that last week too? Yeah, the Winnipeg-Edmonton game and the Calgary-Saskatchewan game at the same time. time. Give your head a shake, guys. What the hell are you doing? And then the Winnipeg-Saskatchewan game is only an hour and a half later. Okay, well, and then BC's playing Friday night, finishing it out with Calgary. Now, BC played like four days into training camp. Uh, Actually, it was six, but that's beside the point. Uh I like to exaggerate when it has to do bad things with BC. Um, and then they play the last game. Now, is Calgary, who is going from Calgary to Vancouver, are they going to bring their starter? Is this going to be their A team coming into BC? So BC's really only chance at playing, winning a game in preseason, is going to be going against the Grey Cup champions. So I don't give a shit about preseason. I don't care whether you win or lose. But you always want to win. You always want to win at least one. And if BC starts 0-2 in preseason, oh, my God, I'm never going to hear the end of it from Jared. And what happens in week one? Winnipeg comes to town June 15th. So, right away, the Lions had better be able to put rubber to the road because we got to shut those goddamn bomber fans up. Okay, let's Let's move on to the next one here. We're just having too much fun tonight. We're only on segment two. We're halfway through the show. Rick Campbell is named Dom <laughs> Davis as the Red Blacks' number one week one starter. Did he jump to this decision too quickly? Hell yeah. You, you, you cannot do that. And, I mean, we've been bantering this one back and forth in the group here for quite some time. Dom Davis is not a starting quarterback in this league, Period. End of story. It's just not going to happen. He's not that good. He's not that talented. Okay? It's just fact. Jonathan Jennings has proved that he could be a starter. He's just got to get his head in gear. So do you work with him and work through things and try to get things going and have some talent on the field? Or do you work with somebody who's already hit his ceiling? Okay, that's the, Rick Campbell. What the hell are you doing on this one? Now I'm not picking on. I'm not blowing up the tires on on Jonathan Jennings here just yet, because I, I don't know whether or not what he's going to do. But you go back to two raw rookies fighting over a, a, a starting position. Just go back and remember Matt Nichols and Mike Riley in Edmonton. My, Matt Nichols won that battle. He was designated the starter for the Edmonton Eskimos. He broke his leg or did something stupid like that and lost the job to Mike Riley. And the rest is history. Mike Riley is the number one quarterback in the CFL. Matt Nichols is not in the top five. Okay. So, um, 
Let's move along here. Will, what do you got to say on that one? Um, Will. Man, Rick Campbell, Tom Davis. Do you think he's the number one starter in this for the Ottawa Red Blacks? Well, it is the it is the second complete game I've watched this year, and I watched it. I PVR'd it, and I watched the whole game. And I'm sorry, Dom Davis looked better than uh, Jonathan Jennings. And, and not denying is that. that because is that because he probably knows their offense better because he's been there for a year? Probably. Okay. Does that go back to the rumors from last year in BC that uh, Jonathan Jennings did not spend enough time in B- with BC, you know, studying film and stuff like that? Because we did hear that rumor. That was what came out of uh, Ed Hervey's mouth, I do believe. Yeah, that um, wasn't a rumor. And Dom Davis, I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that Dom Davis is not a starting starting quarterback. Okay. He didn't get many chances in Winnipeg. I think sometimes when a particular guy is going to be the starting quarterback, you do design some of your offense around his strengths. Okay. And I thought he looked pretty decent. Once again, it's only an exhibition. Let's see what happens when the lights come on. It's that simple. Okay. Um, Agreed. And... You know, I mean, everybody everybody says, you know, you know, maybe maybe the offense wasn't designed around Dom Davis in Winnipeg. It's more designed around Matt Nichols. But if you, you know, who was who was the guy? James Franklin was always the guy in Edmonton that was going to take over, and he didn't do well last year. So I'll give Dom Davis the benefit of the doubt. And the nice thing is, if you got two guys that are neck and neck. And one guy's not playing well, you can put the other guy in. It's that simple. Yeah. Right. No doubt You're not about that. Told on he's the starter for the whole year. Okay. Um, so hey, and I can go back to the two thousand I do believe it was the two thousand and fifteen Edmonton Eskimos that won the great cup. Um, I do believe Matt Nichols started eight or nine of those games because Mike Riley was hurt. And you know, would he year? have taken them to the Cup? Uh, 2015. Yep. Okay. I do believe Matt Nichols was still there, and uh, Mike Riley was out for, I do believe, eight games. And uh, could Matt Nichols have taken that team to the Grey Cup? Me, me does not think so. So, Not with the way he know, played. Once again, once again, <laughs> There's still question marks about Matt Nichols. So, but I, you know what? You can change your mind on starting quarterbacks anytime you want to. So, I don't, I don't read much into it. But Dom Davis looked more comfortable. It's that simple. Okay, Charles. Dom Davis, starting oh, quarterback. I, uh, I see what Will's saying that he looked more comfortable, but I'm sorry. He was not playing a full Hamilton Tiger Cat team. And yeah, you could say this, you could say that. Yeah, to judge and make a call after watching one preseason game, I'm sorry, it's short-sighted. Now, maybe he's performed better than um, uh, Davis has performed better than um, than Jennings. Um, Jennings in preseason or in the training camp. But again, 
I think that's really hard to make an assessment there when you're playing yourself. Um, I don't know. I just um, I think if you're going to have – if you've decided that you're going to decide your quarterback based on preseason and on the training camp, I think that you at least uh, should see it through uh, and at least give both quarterbacks um, both preseason games before you make your final decision. I mean – Way to, like, take the motivation away from Jonathan Jennings. Uh, he already knows he's not going to be the starter to start the year. So uh, he's not the most motivated guy to start with. So I'm not sure this is really the smartest idea. Uh, again, it was one preseason game. From what I've seen from Dominic Davis when he has played during the regular season, nothing I've seen um, leads me to believe that he's a starter. Um, maybe he'll come out and prove us wrong, and prove me wrong. Who knows? But right now, I'm not sure that was the uh, smartest move that Rick Campbell could have made. Well, you know, it like the BC Lions can anoint Mike Riley the starting quarterback in BC. Okay, no problems. Of course, I, I don't have a problem with that. Right? Calgary Stampeders can say Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be the starter in Calgary. Right? Yeah. No problems. Saskatchewan can even say that Zach Caleros is the number one quarterback. We know Matt Nichols, Jer- uh, uh, Jerome Mess. No, uh, what's his name? Mazzoli's first name. Jer- Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Jeremiah Mazzoli. He's the starter over there. But I don't think Montreal, Ottawa, or Toronto have the right to designate a starting quarterback yet. They, they they can't do it. There's just it, there's too it's too close. And why would you do that? Now you said that takes the the the, the wind out of the sails of Jonathan Jennings, knowing that he's not going to be the number one starting quarterback. That could be the ultimate motivator as well. I'm going to prove you it wrong, asshole. It should be. It should be. Right. It could be. You know what I mean? It, and, and you're right. Well, it should be. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyhow, okay. I mean, in reality, if if you take Toronto and Montreal out of the picture, and I might get in trouble for saying this, sorry, but I think Jonathan Jennings was the worst starter in the CFL in the last two years. I'm not arguing. Stats don't. So, stats you know, kind of back that up. But he was amazing three right. years ago. The other two years, yes, he was. So yes, we have some. Ta- we 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 too. know that the, he has that ability. We know that talent is there. We know that he can throw for five thousand yards. All Ottawa but just once has again, to find it. Once again, nobody has ever answered the question, and the question is, what happened? What happened? I don't know. So I can't answer that. You know I don't what, know. You know what I think yeah. might have happened? He might have gotten too good too quick, and it got to his head. And he started believing uh, his own media clippings. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, but after, okay, if you remember after, back after, to... That, after that, two let's years just of move on. punched in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Okay, let, let's. We still got Mark and, and and Phil to jump in on this one. So, right. uh, Mark, go ahead. 
from what I've seen of Dominic Davis when he was with Winnipeg, he looked great in preseason. Didn't show anything in the regular season. When he was in Calgary, he looked good in preseason. Didn't show anything in the regular season. You look at his stats from last year, he's got tons of touchdowns because he was a short yardage quarterback. Yeah. They always got the ball to the one and two yard line and he punched it in. So he still hasn't shown anything as a quarterback. Anointing him the starter now is a huge mistake. They should have kept it wide open competition right through training camp. Because now Jennings is going to go, well, I'm just going to sit there. And that was my point. Yeah, hopefully they have him. Hopefully they have him on a short leash, Davis. Because if they're going to give him three or four games to get it going, I know it's the East Division, but they could be behind the eight ball in a heartbeat. And it is a rebuilding year. It is a rebuilding year, but like we've talked before, they need to win to keep that crowd. I'm not sure Dominic Davis is the guy to get you the wins. Hopefully he proves us wrong, but I just don't see it. So there, there, there it is. But we got we got two guys who says that this has taken the the wind out of the sails of Jonathan Jennings, and we got two guys who said that this should be the ultimate motivator. Phil, breaking the tie here. What's your thoughts on Dom Davis being the starting quarterback in Ottawa? Well, just going back and looking over, you know how how many few attempts he's had in the CFL. I, I must have seen every pass attempt he had because. Uh, I feel like he can do it. I, I really do, from what I've seen of him uh, up to, the, to date. Um, and, and the other thing is, it's really hard for me to question Rick Campbell. I mean, that's one savvy dude. Uh, I, it, it, that, that's like questioning Hoffnagel, in, in my opinion. Um, oh, don't, don't, please Black don't compare those two. No, 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 no. Okay, and I'm going to interrupt you just for a second because Mark just texted me. He says that he's going to bail out on us right now because he has to go to be up and, and work in three and a half hours. So, Mark, thanks very much for showing up, buddy. You take care and say goodnight. Or is he gone? Yeah, I think he's gone already. I still have him online here. No, he's dropped. Okay. So, Mark's out of the show. Okay, Phil, go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry I, uh, I, I mentioned Rick Campbell and Huffnagel in the same sentence there. Yeah, don't do that. I, I know it's a touchy one, probably for Will. But, uh, no, he's just, just laughing at that. I still like you, said, Phil. Uh, I still like you, Phil. It's no big deal. <laughs> I want to let, touch on something you said, Will, uh, about the uh, 2015 season. Um, actually, that was, uh, I think it was 2014 when uh, – when, uh, um, Riley went down and Nichols got significant play in 2015 uh, Chris Jones actually passed over Nichols and uh, started his third stringer James Franklin in in the following game after, after Nichols had come in and, and uh, yeah. to finish the game that, that he was injured in and I think Franklin started four games I, I believe and you know it uh, especially after uh, Chris Jones came to Saskatchewan. That made 
those four games made James Franklin uh, the most popular quarterback in Saskatchewan to never pull on a green jersey. Uh, I don't know how much talk I heard about him in 16 and 17, and I happened to have those games in my PVR and watched them all two or three times, and, and, and I was with that mob that was all for bringing James Franklin to Saskatchewan, and it was disappointed that we never did. Sorry, I got off topic there, guys, but, but as soon as I heard that, I had to bring that up. Well, we do that a lot. We get off topic often, and it's okay. We go on tizzies all over the place. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on. We're going to run through these real quick. We have to. We're, get, we're getting to, this is two, segment three. We got 45 minutes left. This is hilarious. I love this show. Uh, Solomon Aluminium needs an MRI. Have we been misled by the riders to his true health status? Okay. I'm I'm confused by this. Okay. Yes. The story on this podcast that Solomon Aluminium still has residual issues with his wrist that he broke last year. Now he, you know, a simple wrist injury breaks it, put a cast on. Most linebackers are still, or most uh, linemen are still going to keep playing. I understand the linebacker not doing it, um, but he missed 16 games. Okay, he was out for 17, 18 weeks, counting the buys. Uh, no. No, that's not a simple wrist injury. There's something more complex in there. I've been told by a couple of people inside of the BC Lions organization that he still has residual nerve damage to the hand. And we talked with Will, who uh, crashed his bike, (laughs) and he still has some nerve damage in his elbow, and his grip is not as strong as it should be. I'm just doing a real, real... Real quick recap on the story that we broke here on Let's Talk CFL. I never do that, but I thought that was fun. Anyhow, um, it's the first week of training camp due to um, CFL PA business where he has to go around and talk to the players on each team. And we all call bullshit on that. There's lots of pencil pushers that could do this. It didn't have to be Solomon Aluminium that had to do it. It didn't have to be the number one prospect on defense uh, that went to a brand new team that needed to be in training camp, that needed not only to be there for himself to get back into shape after missing the entire, almost the entire 2018 season, but he is the mentor for all the young guys coming up, he's got to show them the way. Anyhow, you understand the whole thing. It was important for him to be there on day one, and he was off doing PA business for the first seven to eight days. Um, if I was a Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the PA asked if I could have Solomon Aluminium for seven days, I'd tell him to fuck off and die. Okay? Plain and simple. No, you can't have him. He's ours. We need him in training camp right now, day one. Forget it. Okay, it's not going to happen. I don't care what happens. I don't care whether you get this thing ratified or not, uh, which it was already done by that point in time. So he's just off telling them what they've they've got or haven't got. Uh, Totally nothing. You could have done any of that on the telephone. And it didn't have to be done by the number one defensive player in the CFL. Um, Number one, arguably with uh, Adam Big Hill. Um, And then he gets the. In, into practice, into preseason, and he's in training camp, and he's got his uniform on, no ads, and he just kind of walks around, doesn't participate in any drills, 
this is the reports we're getting out of Regina. He really doesn't do anything. And then the next story we got is that he needs to have an MRI on his calf. His calf muscle is causing him some grief, and he does this. Now, when did he injure his calf? Because to my knowledge, that's never happened. If it happened in training camp while well, he was the first day he was in camp or the second day or the third day, it would have been on the front page of every newspaper in Saskatchewan, all one and a half of them. So you, what the hell? When, when did this calf injury happen? It didn't happen in BC. Now, I broke my ankle, which kind of affected my Achilles, which was a serious calf injury. And, yeah, he ruptured his Achilles four years ago, five years ago. Um, but it didn't affect him after that. He came back and played all-star season, and he played really well for in that. So, no, I'm not buying that shit on, on this being a lingering injury from before. So, when did he hurt his calf muscle? And why wasn't we told about it before the fact that he needs an MRI? I'm not buying this story for a heartbeat. This is his wrist injury. Nobody's willing to admit it. And we'll see what happens. But I'm getting to the point right now where I don't think Solomon Elliman is ever going to play a game of football, a down of football for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I said that before that Solly was actually thinking of talking about retiring well, he was in BC, and he wanted to go, and they colluded, and went off and got him some cash out of Saskatchewan. So be it. Saskatchewan's always paying money for BC rejects. Uh, look who they got in their team now. They got Manny, they got Solly, and who else they got? They got one other guy. Um, I don't know who it was. Oh, yeah, actually they got Zach Claros, but he wasn't BC. He was a Hamilton. But same thing. You know, all three of those guys have the same thing in common. The team that they played for before destroyed them. They were extremely talented. Now they're not. But they play for the Riders, and they signed them for big bucks. And what they, they got G. Roy Simon. They got Jason Claremont. They got, uh, I don't know how many BC players ended up over there uh, in their twilight. Okay, that, that's my rant. Uh, Charles, jump in here. Solly needs an the MRI. The of this story is really weird, and because, like you said, there had been no reports that I saw anywhere coming out stating that he had any sort of injury, any sort of calf injury, and then just two days ago, this story comes out that he needs an MRI. Um, and when you've got a guy that missed the majority of last season with an injury, all of a sudden goes into training camp, is only in training camp for three or four days, and he already needs an MRI. Something seems – there's something weird going on there. Uh, like I said, I've seen nothing that says he um, had uh, this – what was it, calf injury thing? And uh, I don't know. I find this very, very weird. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I still wonder if there's still, there is a problem with the wrist there, if he does have nerve damage. Um and I always found that this whole CFLPA excuse to be very uh, – it was a convenient excuse. And as I mentioned before, they got plenty of guys in their offices pushing pencils that can go around talking to people, especially when you consider the time he was going around uh, talking to people, the deal had already been ratified. So I don't know what they were talking about. 
And yeah. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. It, it's a weird situation, and I don't think we're being told the whole story. To be honest, I think there's more to meet, more than meets the eye uh, here. I don't know what, but well, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, no question about that one. Uh, uh, Phil, let's uh, let you jump right in here as a Ryder fan. What's your take on this one? Do you think Solly's going to play football? Are you believing the the, the official story? Because we've heard a lot of official stories that are just total and complete bunk, and we've proved it later on. No. No, Christopher, I'm I'm with you guys. Um, I've actually been on that wave of thinking ever since the day we signed him. Um, you know, you never know, but, uh, I, I, uh, the first thing I want to take issue with is I don't believe he was ever a, a number one free agent prospect. He came up late and, and they were looking at it. They, they had some room in the oh. cap and, uh, Solomon Alabamian and, you know, you're going to sign him if you get it, you know, or make an effort to sign him if you get a chance. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, I, as soon as I heard that he was off doing that CBA thing, I'm with you guys. Uh, that was that was pretty fishy. By the way, uh, he came to camp one day and stepped off the bus, and they got some video of him. That's the only thing he's done. Uh, so he didn't get hurt coming off right the bus. Right now, that, yeah, they took a they made a point of uh, taking coming off the bus, arriving at camp, and then he just walked around that day. Um, didn't 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 partake in any drills. He still hasn't. And uh, so it's pretty suspicious. Uh, I'll tell you, it's. I, th- I think he sent us some damaged goods there, Christopher. You know, it's. I use that analogy like every hot single woman you ever met. Somebody somewhere is sick of her shit. And uh, I, I think that's what. Yeah, I, I don't have any confidence he's going to play. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> sick of her shit. <laughs> it's a true story, man. It's a true story. Will, Will, talk to me here. Yeah. Um. Who knows? Who knows? Like I said, you know what? You talked about my arm, and it's taken me three years to get. 80% normal and my pinky on my left hand is still dead okay um, I have no grip strength and I'm thinking if he was out for 14 games with a wrist injury man 16 there's lots more there 16 no, 14, like, 14 16 weeks 14. if it wasn't a if it was a major it was a major wrist injury obviously okay and maybe Maybe they're using the calf pull as a deterrent or to take to take that away. I don't know if we'll see Solly. He missed he's missed all the training camp, has he not? Yeah, he hasn't participated oh. yet. Okay, so that's kinda of weird. Really weird. Is all I it's all I can say. It's kinda of, it's kinda of weird. And you haven't you haven't really even heard news about him. You haven't heard Craig Dickinson say, oh, I can't wait to get Sully here, or oh, I can't do this, or oh, I can't do that. So maybe maybe they signed him because they think he might play. But 
on the other hand, maybe he's not going to play. Okay. I guess we'll find out real soon. Okay, so I'm talking with uh, Rod Peterson right now on uh, on Facebook. Uh, him and I are friends. I know it's, that's a hard one for anybody to believe, but Boy, we are. That sounds weird. <laughs> I actually I respect Rod. Okay, um, he, he basically he does what he has to do, and I, I do respect him. I don't agree with him, but I respect him. Okay, so anyhow, I, my question to him was, when and how did Solly hurt his calf? If he got hurt in training camp, would it not have been on the front page of every uh, newspaper in Saskatchewan? This story story has more holes than a piece of Swiss cheese. And he gave me a laughing back, and he says, I've been thinking about you. I don't believe it's a calf injury. I'm toying with the idea of bringing out your information on the, on my next rider show. But Julio, and I don't know who Julio is, thinks he wouldn't Maybe. have passed the medical if he wasn't somewhat healthy. And I said, yeah. did he pass the medical? And he said, he, Do we he know did, for, uh... they, they couldn't have signed him if he didn't pass the physical. And I don't believe that. I think Julio he can. Caravetta. What's that? Is that Caravetta? Yes. Yep. He was on the okay. show today with Rod. Okay. okay um, well. that, that's a PC Lions guy. Has he participated in anything at training camp? And his answer was nothing. Nada. Then if he hasn't, how did he get hurt in training camp? If he hasn't done anything. So this is uh, this has to be pre-existing at this point, right? Because he, if he hasn't done anything in camp, there's no other way for him to get hurt unless he fell down the stairs at his house. Yeah. So I don't know if he hasn't done anything. Where did he get hurt? Uh, so work out every day, and you. Football players work out every day, and you can get hurt working out. <laughs> to be fair. Fair enough. That's no, that's fair enough. It is, but wouldn't you have heard something? You're rider fans, rider fan base, rider. They, they they eat the shit up, right? There would be a story out there that says Solly hurt himself do bench or leg pressing four thousand pounds, and you'd go, "Wow, too bad, downer." Hey, man, do you think he's going to recover? Is he going to back in the training camp? What's going on? I mean, it would have blown up the news boards. We didn't hear squat on this subject. Like I said, the writer's organization does a very good job of holding their cards tight to their chest, and just like the Duran Carter thing in 2017. And the, we didn't know about for, well, you know, a year and a half later. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what's going on. Anyhow, I'm just going to finish off with Rod here. Nice chatting. Doing my podcast. Have you seen his new show? It's great. The new show on no, Facebook Live. Oh, it's, it's, it's gold. Really good stuff. Okay, well, I'll have to check that out. I, I don't usually listen to other podcasts, but, you know, Rod, I, I think I've actually participated on his radio show on, uh, what was it, The Green Zone? Was that it? Or, uh, no, no. The, yeah, the no, he game. was the other one. He was what? Sports. He, sports Green game. Zone is, yeah. uh, yes. 
Yeah, I used to participate on that thing, and it, we would go back and forth on Twitter and everything else, and that's actually how we got to know each other. Um, anyhow, uh, let's move on. We've done with Solly. Uh, he's just not. It's not. It's, something's not right here. This this story stinks. Okay, it does not pass the sniff test with me. Okay, uh, Robert Wetnall era in Montreal is officially over. Should his tenure as an owner be looked at as a success? Yes. It has to be. There's a Montreal Alouettes team. If it wasn't for him, there wouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at the U.S. expansion of the CFL back in the in the 80s. Was the 80s one? Yeah, the 80s. Um, was it a success? Fucking rights it was. Because if it didn't, if we didn't expand into America to Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, we wouldn't have had a CFL. It would have collapsed. We needed that money. To keep our league afloat. Okay. We got the money. The CFL survived. We got to put up. Tolerate a bunch of. uh, American teams for a little while. We got to witness some really cool players. And. uh, The Baltimore Stallions moved back to Montreal. Uh, Overall. That's a success. For me. For U.S. expansion. Uh, Bob Wettenall. Owning the Montreal Alouettes. Big-time success for me. We still have the Montreal Alouettes. How long will we have them? And I don't think it's Bob Wetnall's fault. I think it's his son. I think Bob is, is not well. And uh, he lost control of this team or, or gave up control of this team because of his health. And his son is a train wreck. And, it, and the team is a train wreck. And that's my take on it. William, you jump off. Montreal Alouettes. Well, you you have to say they cool. had success because all the years, all the years, Wetton Halls were there. Montreal was the team. They always were in the playoffs. They, they were the team in the East, without question. Yeah, they won some great cups. Um, you know, and it was it was a successful franchise. They had they had. Jim Pop and the Wettenalls—they seem to be a perfect match. And I—I uh, I really believe the kids don't have any interest in football whatsoever, and that's why this franchise has been so bad for the last three or four years. And uh, but they left a mark. There's no doubt about it. What more can you say? And I have heard from some people that that used to work for the Montreal organization that they were great people to work for. So, you know, what more can you say? But I'm sure he's moving on just like eventually, you know, David Braley will move on and yeah. uh, we'll we'll say the same thing about him. You know what I mean? One, I mean, it's the guys with the big two, money. Three. It's, the guys, it's the guys with the big money that come in and, and obviously they're very interested in it because they could go somewhere else with their money. And have just as good of a time. You know what I mean? Well, in their tenure with, as he owned the Montreal Alouettes, and it was basically 20 years, uh, they went to the Grey Cup eight times, winning three of them. So, you know, that's almost half. (laughs) Almost half of all games had the Montreal Alouettes in them. Yeah, their, their their tenure was a success. Phil, what's your thoughts? Quick. 
We're not going to waste a lot of time on these guys. Did I lose Phil? No. I don't know. Take Your your mic's on muted. They're <laughs> talking and we're not hearing you. That, there he is. I'm still here. Okay. Yep. I, I, I won't say much about the wet nose, but i got to agree. You know, the very important to the league, uh, the not quite Braley category, I, I, I think he's a god in the CFL. Maybe you guys can help me out. I, I don't know. If, was, were the wet nose involved in, in Baltimore before the move to Montreal? No. Uh, no. They, they bought them and moved they them. They bought the team, brought it to Montreal. No, that's not true. They bought them the year after they moved. Before it was actually oh, okay. Jim Spiros that moved them from Baltimore. You're, you're right, Charles. You're after right. The, yeah. After the ni- yeah. And then after the '96 season, after their first year back in Montreal, he sold the team to the Wettenhalls. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay, Charles, what do you got to say on this? Uh, I I don't see how you can see it's anything but a success. They were. At one time, they were the model franchise in the CFL. They were selling out every game. They were getting the Grey Cups. They were basically dominating the East. Um, um, I think that uh, Robert Wettenhall's gotten to the point where he's, uh, you know, up there in age, and I don't know if he's in the greatest health. My understanding is he is not, and uh, the team is losing money, so it's it's time to. Uh, for him to uh, sell it off. It doesn't look like any of the kids want to take over the team. So it was time for him to um, to move on. Yeah, yeah. it's time to find someone new in there. It's, it's getting confusing who the CFL is finding that because you get um, reports, different reports every day almost of people being in, people being out, there's people here, there's people there. And uh, let's hope that they get this... Um, uh, thing straightened out uh, sooner than later. Yeah, we could do a whole show on 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 the plus that's going on in Montreal right now. We're going to do that, and no we could kidding. also do a whole show on how terrible our commissioner is right now. God could do that too. Made of Montreal Alouettes, the Halifax Schooners, and all the other shit in this league right now. I don't know why he still has a job. Okay, I we're gonna. We're going to move on from this uh, Montreal Alouettes era here. Uh, we're going to jump over the ESPN. Actually, we'll just say it real quick. Uh, CFL has just signed a new deal with ESPN, and all CFL games will be available on ESPN Networks or on Plus. Uh, another good step forward for the league down south. It is. It's without question, it's great. Uh, additional revenue now goes 20% of that. This additional revenue now goes to the players uh, after the net last CBA. Uh, good move for everybody. Uh, Chris Strebler is looking to follow up on an impressive rookie season. How much of a factor will he be in the Bombers season this year? Well, that depends on whether or not they want to go to the Grey Cup. Because if the Bombers want to go to the Grey Cup, Chris Strebler's got to be the one to take them there. Because we all know Matt Nichols can't. What's your thoughts on Chris Strebler? There will. He was not that impressive in preseason. To be yeah. honest with you. That's okay. So I'm far. good with that. Well, but uh, he's a second-year quarterback. It was all hype. I mean, 
His best game last year was against Montreal. Okay. Montreal was <laughs> shit. I'm just saying. They were a New Jersey saying. tire fire. You know, he he's is he is he can he compete with Matt Nichols this year? They'll use him in a different capacity than Matt Nichols. Um, but yeah, you know what? He's a second-year guy. What's his name? O'Brien. I think it's O'Brien. Is their third string, or he's their quarterback? He actually looked not bad in preseason. So, you know, the Bombers. The Bombers have some options this year. If Matt Nichols doesn't like getting booed, okay. So, I don't know. I, I, is he the next up-and-comer in the CFL? I don't know. James Franklin was. Remember. Yeah. So. So is Jonathan Jennings. That's correct. <laughs> Who knows, man? And Mark uh, Mark Wedall keeps on saying that next year he's going to try the NFL. So I don't know. We shall see. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of weird. Um, Phil, real quick, uh, Chris Trevler, you like him? You don't? Hot garbage. What happened there? He's hot garbage. Did you really yeah, say that? I don't know why. There's so much love for him in Saskatchewan. You know, we're, we're you know in Saskatchewan, we, we never love our quarterback. We're always looking for another one, right? So uh, <laughs> lots of talk about Chris Trevler. This and uh, honestly, from what I've seen of him, and I've seen, uh, every, I think every pass he's thrown or close to it, and uh, I, I, he's not a starting quarterback. He's like, he's, he's like uh, a Brandon Bridge. Confuses teams coming in off the bench. Um, uh, he led the league in passes for more than 20 yards last year, uh, and by a long shot, like like like, there was no short game. I, I actually I did an analysis here on Zach Kalaros because um, there's been a lot of talk in Saskatchewan that Saskatchewan has a dink and dunk offense, but statistically, uh, Kalaros is right there with the rest of the league as far yards and passes over 20 yards and then I when I noticed that analysis I I noticed Chris Strebler's passes over 20 yards the, the percentage was way out of whack to the rest of the league and so he's gotten lucky throwing some long ball base and uh he's he's like uh, like a poor man's Casey Planters back there in, in my opinion I I just don't have any love for him at all okay Uh, Charles. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of going to go the other way here. I actually liked a lot from what I saw from Strebler last year. I mean, he was a rookie. So I think for me, it's too early to make a judgment one way or the other. Um, um, you know, how he's going to be certainly, um, uh, I want to see how he plays this year. We, we've we seen players that have come into the league been like a one-year flash in the pan and then disappear. So let's see um, if uh, he bounces back this year. and uh, Well, not bounces back because I thought he played pretty well last year. Let's see if he improves on that. I do think um, the Bombers are going to need both him and... Um, him and Nichols to uh, play at a high level this year. I do think he's going to have to be 
somewhat. He's going to have to be uh, a part of it um, for the Bombers to be successful this year. So we really got to wait and see um, how how um, he reacts this season. Okay. Well, that's it for Chris Strebler. Put him in the books. Hey, we're doing okay here on time. Yep. Uh, segment seven, for the first time ever, TSN carried the Canadian top prospect showcasing the top high school prospects in Canada, who raising the profile of Canadian high school players help increase the quality of Canadian players. Well, sure the hell doesn't hurt their mommy being able to see them on TV, does it? Uh it's it, it's just the Wikipedia post on tire fires, Charles. <laughs> I just okay. out, of the, out of the blue, I, I I googled tire fire to see what it was, and I thought it was interesting that uh, there was you know Hagerville, Ontario had 14 million tires that burned for 13 days. Uh, there was another fire in Ohio that burned for 15 years. I think they were throwing tires on it, you know, after a while because the other ones were burning up. But I yeah, I just. Uh, <laughs> It was good for a laugh. Sorry. Um, prospects, high school prospects. What did you watch it? Did anybody see this? Does anybody care? I don't care about the college games. Never mind high school games. I haven't seen a high school football game since I was in high school, and I was in the game. So yeah, it's it's kind of weird for me. I don't really care. I don't know how this is going to improve. Um, Canadian content uh, in our league, but uh, yeah, shit, why not, eh? I think it's good for the kids, but does it interest me? It doesn't interest me. Does it interest you, Charles? You 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 work I on the junior have... side of things. You do a whole pile of things in minor football. Did you participate in watching this? Um, I, I didn't see see it only because I wasn't home at the time it was on. I might have watched some of it while I was there just to check it out. And I liked that the CFL and uh, TSN are uh, kind of branching out to include, like, a top prospect team. I know they do a similar thing for the for the NHL with uh, junior hockey players. I think it's kind of a, a neat idea, um, you know, for especially for the, the younger players who are in um, – the younger players who are in – uh, you know, up and coming to get them some exposure and, you know, play kind of cool and uh, playing in a CFL stadium, something like that. Whether it translates to better uh, homegrown prospects, I mean, who knows. But I thought it was a neat idea. Um, I didn't see it. Uh, I probably would have watched some of it at least when, if I was around. But uh, I like the idea personally. Okay. Phil, did you watch any of it? I didn't watch. I didn't realize the game was televised, but I did get a chance to watch uh, Donegan and Burris uh, some videos of them working, working with yeah. uh, quarterbacks, and, and really enjoyed those clips. Uh, I learned some stuff myself, and, uh, and and I think it's great for the promotion of high school football, and I and I do think it's important. I mean, you keep saying that the Canadian players just aren't up to snuff. Is that they don't have the support at the high school level here that they do in the U.S., uh, or you know, as far as coaching and development. And, and so I, th- I think it's positive. Yeah, okay. William, 
You're a football fan. You watch all football. Did you watch this? Yeah. No, I didn't watch that. I had a list for my wife that I had to do. But um, I did see some highlights. And and on top of that, I couldn't stand the banter between Burris and Dunnigan, okay? Two concussed quarterbacks <laughs> after their primes. Um, but, but you know what? Any exposure to Canadian high school football is a good thing. You know, some of these guys, you might – some of these guys – might be seen by some American schools and they might get to play in NCAA football and they might develop quicker. So I think that would be a good thing. For okay. Sure. Okay. Because they always say our guys are a couple of years behind because they're not in the NCAA. NCAA, sorry. And so... And, well, some of them are. Exposure for, yeah, I know, but any exposure for any kind of football is great just my mind and you know I'm a football crack addict so you know same yeah. thing for me so yes we know that okay I just screwed that up um okay so that's the end of that um oh this one's going to take all of the last 15 minutes Winnipeg I wish Mark was here we should have done this before Mark left Winnipeg will host the NFL preseason game between the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders. Did I get those both those teams right? Because like I'm not an NFL yep. fan, but uh, Charles correct. didn't add those in there for me. So okay, so that's good. Okay, the Bombers stand I to make money from this. Well, maybe not. No, Bombers stand to make some money from this game, but do the benefits outweigh the drawbacks? Well. I have a lot of problems with this. I think they're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at this point in time are being traitors. Traitors to the cause, traitors to the league. And I caught shit over this one, and I don't care. Um, yeah, it's just it's not right. Why would you do this? As Will stated today, um, you don't see McDonald's selling Whoppers. It's it's just not something you do. Now, in, in my uh, marketing class at uh, Business Admin, um, you never, ever promote competition to your major brand. Okay, it's a rule. Don't promote, you know, you don't see it. It just doesn't happen. You don't have Sportsnet uh, advertisements on TSN. You just don't do it. Yes, TSN would make money because they sold commercial time to Sportsnet. But they don't do it, do they? Never, ever, ever do you do it. You don't promote your competition to your major brand. Winnipeg, major brand in football is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Why would you support competition to your major brand? Why would you bring an NFL team, which everybody out there says NFL's better because they pay their players more and they got better players. Uh, They don't have better players necessarily. They just have higher Price players. Anyhow, beside the point, uh, boring game. Uh, so is it a better game? We don't know. We're not going to argue that. We don't have enough time to debate whether or not the, the NFL is a better game than the CFL. But we do know that they are our competition. There is no other football league in the world, 120 professional football leagues in the world. There's none that compete against the CFL except for the NFL. They take our players away. That's a fact. We compete with them. They take our players 
I don't blame the players. They're getting paid big bucks to go. So go, get, I, enjoy. Do it for your family. But don't bring the goddamn thing in your backyard. I was dead set against the Van, uh, BC Lions bringing in the, the uh, game between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. I went to the game because I was given tickets, but it was so boring. And nobody showed up for the game. It was a complete bomb. It was like there was hardly anybody in the stadium at the time. And that's when BC was still getting 40,000, 50,000 people to a game. So, yeah, no, um, I don't think it was a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's going to fall on its face in Winnipeg. I'd be surprised if it sells out. I'm going to probably eat some crow on that one because God knows Winnipeg Blue Bombers are like addicts on this football thing and they're going to go to it, even though it's $200. $200 for a ticket. And some of them are up like $1,000, but $200 for a ticket is like you can get season tickets for the BC Lions for almost that amount. Entire season, never mind. A, and this is a preseason game, goddammit. Would you, nobody even wants to pay money for the CFL preseason. Why would you pay $200 or why would you pay $1,000 to see two NFL teams preseason garbage? Yes, it's week three, and they're going to be a little bit more on the starter side of things, but they're still preseason. These tickets should be given away. Bill, what's your thoughts on this one? Turn on your mic. You know what my thoughts are. Go ahead, Phil. Oh, sorry. Um, You you know, I was disappointed when when the riders whiffed on it, and uh, I thought it was very xenophobic of them and just showed kind of a low self-esteem and a fear because the NFL in these small market cities, not different than Vancouver and Toronto. It's very, very against that the Buffalo exercising in Toronto and the people in Toronto that were, were trying to bring them there and, and, you know, Toronto figured they were going to get themselves an NFL expansion. And then fans just didn't turn out, turn up. And uh, it's the reason why the NFL is an interest in Toronto today. But, but in these new stadiums in, in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, it's a, it's the spectacle, it's the event, um, it's bringing in these big concerts and bringing in things like this game. Uh, they're not in direct competition with the CFL. So unlike unlike the big markets like Vancouver and, and Toronto, I really think it was a good idea, and I, I really disappointed the Rough Riders whiffed on it. And and I'm and I'm happy for Winnipeg, and I'm glad they got it, and happy for the city. I, I like you think it's a good idea? That's where I'm at. I, I do, because I I, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are not going to lose out on this. They're not going to lose fans to the NFL, in, in my belief. You know, monster trucks and concerts are not competition to football. Football's competition to football. Never and sponsored. sometimes football promotes football. <sighs> okay. Will. What's your thoughts on this one? I'm not saying you're you wrong. You know though. my thoughts. I've been, I've been flapping my lips all day online about this. Okay. You know. Yeah. And I and I said I right like I said McDonald's doesn't sell Whoppers. And then someone replied to me, "Well, Regina is getting an NHL game." And I'm like, "Well, Regina doesn't have an NHL team. Do you not understand?" They don't. And if I have to explain it, I'm not going. I'm not going to explain it. Um, you know what? 
Well, first off, 200 bucks for a ticket. I don't know. You ever been to NFL exhibition game? Oh, my God. It's horrible. I've been to an exhibition game in Minneapolis. It was like, oh, my God. The food's pretty good. It was horrible. I wasted an entire weekend going to that game. It was horrible. Um, I don't know, maybe Winnipeg. I mean, let's face it. The two biggest things that have happened to Winnipeg in the last 20 years are the Jets came back and they got an Ikea, okay? This this just adds to it, okay? They get an NFL exhibition game. Yeah. Okay, more power to you. You want to spend your money there? Hey, go ahead. I'm just, I'm just, I, I just don't understand why people don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I, I have, I have, one of my, one of my, the company I work for. One of the things we do, we specialize in riding arenas, and when anybody comes into our space, I've undercut numerous companies so they don't get a foothold in there. And it's it's that simple, okay? You don't let the competition into your neighborhood. I'm sorry. Ever. Okay. Go ahead. Charles, what's your thoughts here, buddy? I'm honestly going to side more with Phil on this one because, quite frankly... The the NFL is not ever going full-time to the city of Winnipeg. They were never going to go full-time to the city of Saskatchewan. Uh, an NFL preseason Saskatchewan's game... Saskatchewan's not a city. It's a province. Well, Regina is what I meant. An NFL preseason game really poses no threat to the CFL teams in those cities. This is a special attraction that the... Uh, that the football team, the CFL team, is actually going to benefit from because they're going to get a cut of the money because they own the stadium. Um, the pricing is a joke, by the way. I've seen the pricing online. If I were anywhere near Winnipeg, I wouldn't be going near that game, not because I, I don't like the NFL, but because the, the prices are ridiculous. But I just see this as a special attraction. I Like I said, I don't see it as competition. Hell, Fans in Winnipeg, if they want, they can drive across the border, drive down to Minnesota, and watch the Minnesota Vikings anytime they want. Fans in BC can drive across the border, go see Seattle Seahawks. Fans in Toronto can drive drive across and see the Buffalo Bills. Football, the NFL is not exact, not um, out of the realm of a lot of these cities, and in a smaller market. Now, certainly, the situation in Toronto is different when they had the Bills there because, quite frankly, there were people there that were openly wanting to bring the Bills to the NFL. And, by the way, that experiment was an out-and-out failure. Half the the, the the games didn't sell. Nobody cared. Um, here, again, it's a smaller market, a smaller stadium. The NFL is in no way a threat to the riders or to the Bombers. I really don't have an issue with the game being played there. I really don't. Like I said, the the, the Bombers will benefit from it. It's a one-time special attraction. Um, again, the, the, they've completely ridiculously priced it because the NFL sets the prices. And I even heard that there's probably going to be a large contingent driving up from Green Bay, Wisconsin, up to Winnipeg to see this game because it is in driving distance. But really, I don't have an issue. I think it's... Um, 
It's uh, something different for the people in that market. They're not getting an NFL team. I mean, you could also say the equivalent that, um, well, would an American Hockey League team be upset if an NHL team played in their city? Now, quite frankly, I think that it it is somewhat different because the NFL, I don't consider the CFL a minor league, and obviously the American Hockey League is, but it's a smaller city getting something they don't normally get I still don't think it's going to be a threat. The Bombers are not going to lose fans over this. I don't have a, I really don't have an issue with it. Okay. So here's the question. In, in Vancouver, which you're familiar with this marketplace because we both lived there yes. for many, many years, most of our lives. Um, yep. What's the biggest competition to the BC Lions? Everything. Probably the Seattle Seahawks. Well, everything, right? Everything. Everything, yeah. There's all sorts okay, it, of stuff it, there, yeah. It, it's, it's people fighting with their their dollars, right? It's, yeah. it's where they spend their entertainment dollars, okay? Yep. Now, we know that Winnipeg is not a booming economy right now. Neither Saskatchewan, nope. neither the Maritimes, and Alberta's kind of on, on, on the cusp there. Why would you separate your fans from their entertainment dollars for something that is not, I'm not going to say it doesn't benefit you, but it's not as beneficial to you if they were playing, if if they spent their money on the Bombers. So I'm saying is that, okay, so you've got your, your Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. He's not going to stop being a Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. But instead of buying a new Winnipeg jersey this year, because they've got new, these new era jerseys, uh, he's going to take that $200 and he's going to go watch the Green Bay Packers play. Uh, so, one-time thing, Winnipeg doesn't make, make that make money. Probably, well, they do, I think, because they, in, the, in a case like that, because I think, first of all, I think the, the, uh, that, that part is a very, very small. That would happen. And if the money they make from the game makes up for that, they're not really losing anything. And especially when you consider it's only a one-time thing. It's not like going to be a multi-game thing. So I don't think they're really going to lose out all that much in that case because, sure, you might lose that one source of revenue, but you've got the other source of revenue there that will make up for that. If they weren't going to make any revenue off of it, fine. Then I could say you'd be against it. But in that situation, they are making, they are having, they do have another revenue stream coming in there that could take the place of that. And as only a one-time special event, I don't think it's is that detrimental to the city, to the uh, team. And I think that's uh, um, something that's going to be a very limited uh, to begin with. Okay, um, we're gonna. Uh, my show's over. I just the uh, blog talk bitch just told oh, me. Oh wow, that. it's nine fifty-eight. Holy yeah. cow. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I'm so anyhow, you're having um, fun. Yeah, it is surprising. So it, I, I still, I don't, I don't believe in that philosophy. I just don't think that you should part ways with your money when you don't need to. But anyhow, uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number three hundred and twenty-four. I've been your host Christopher Jones, and uh, yeah, this this night just flew right by. Uh, thank you for our cameo appearance of uh, Rod Peterson. Rod Peterson, sorry. 
Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get them on the show one day. Uh, that'll just go over so well with everybody. Uh, time to say goodnight. Uh, Charles, say goodnight, my friend. Uh, good night, folks. Uh, we're gonna when we talk next week, we're gonna be previewing week one. The season is right here on our doorstep, so it's time to get excited. We'll talk to you next hey, week. That, that, that's Wednesday night. Uh, Phil, thanks for coming yep. on the show and participating. I uh, did well. Uh, say good night, real quick, real quick. Thanks for having me, fellas. I really enjoyed it. Okay, cool. William, it's your time. Wrap it up. Five seconds. Good night, everybody. I got a new call sign for Mark. Mark's a pussy. <laughs> Mark's a pussy. Good night, That's mine. Oh, no. I called him that last week. Good night. <laughs>